and welcome to Thriving Educators. I am Brian Langley. In this episode, I speak with Ben Meinka, superintendent of the Novi Community School District, about the district's recent pivot to a new teacher evaluation model, the 5D framework. In our conversation, we're going to discuss why the district decided to make this change and what that's going to look like for staff, both in the short term and long term. Enjoy. Ben Meinka, welcome to the Thriving Educators podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. In fact, I'm I'm quite honored. I was hoping for an invite for the last year and a half. So this is like a, a dream come true. I get to be on the show finally. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Nothing Absolutely. like having the superintendent in the house. So my pleasure. All right. So Ben, this is your second year with Novi Community School District. But even before you came superintendent, I had heard of the name Ben Minka. And not because ironically, we both have our own children in the same neighboring district Mm-hmm. even in the same grade for that matter, somehow in all of their school functions and classmates, <laughs> our paths hadn't crossed. So no, that wasn't how I knew of you. And even when you went viral, I think it was the winter of 2019 maybe, yeah. as the singing superintendent <laughs> who announced snow days with elaborate parodies of popular songs, those parodies were actually the second time I had heard of Ben Minka. Right. Yeah, the first time I had heard of Ben goes back even further to a time when my wife's district was working on a new teacher evaluation program and you were brought in to guide the district in adopting the 5D system. And I recall my wife, she was like, "This, there's this guy, he's talking about this teacher evaluation system, <laughs> he's really into it and uh, very engaging. She was, she was impressed by your enthusiasm for the 5D model. So fast forward almost like 10 years later maybe, I was mm-hmm. a little less than that, but somewhere around there, and you become superintendent of my district and I have to believe it was probably the worst kept secret that we would inevitably be switching our evaluation model <laughs> to 5D. So let's, be- yeah. let's begin with your history with the 5D model and why yeah. you have come to believe in it so much. Yeah, well, uh, I'm flattered by the story and um, you know, definitely love that uh, somebody at least thought something I had to say was <laughs> had some value, so I appreciate that a ton. You made an impression. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, so I mean, I was a teacher, um, was an assistant principal, a middle school principal, high school principal, and I got a call. Um, gosh, it would have been the mid twenty teens, maybe twenty tens, uh, and basically was set was told, "Hey, there's a lot of legislation coming down, and we really need people who have been in the field that can help train our teachers and our administrators in some of these new tools." And, you know, before, you know, I was a sitting principal at a very large and successful high school. I loved what I was doing. But the opportunity really was intriguing to me because um, it was something that I had started doing even as a building leader. And I just knew that the work that we were doing around particularly supervision and evaluation was just a complete waste of time. Um, 
we would go in and see these contrived dog and pony shows. We would essentially uh, come up with the fastest and most efficient way to like walk through a classroom. They actually named some of the tools, the the five minute or even the three minute walkthrough. Right, I've heard. And those. you know, so I'm so we're supposed to come in, and this is in some way, shape, or form supposed to help a teacher. Um, grow in what they do. And, and it was actually contrary. I think the past 10 years have shown that uh, a lot of these reform efforts, while well-intended, have actually gotten made things worse. Okay. And I think it's made it so that teachers have not felt appreciated, teachers have not felt valued. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, human psychology is such that, you know, we don't really like to be told things, you know, like we respond much better in a partnership model. Okay. So in the opportunity I had to really train um, around the state in this model, I got to not only train here, but I went out and was formally trained at the University of Washington in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're the authors of this framework. And if you think about uh, tier one research institutions, I, I said this to the staff at the kickoff, um, the University of Washington, specifically the Center for Educational Leadership is a, is a tier one research institution when it comes to education. And so a lot of times, you know, we may not realize that there's a whole body of a group of researchers that are doing work around what we do in mm-hmm. our field. And so um, getting that experience, that opportunity, working with some really great people, Colin Ripmaster among others uh, in this state and, uh, uh, had the opportunity to train just thousands of people. Um, and, you know, we knew when we were doing the work that this was really, really impactful and, and life-changing, career-changing work for people. But we also unfortunately had that sneaking suspicion that because it's work and it's hard, mm-hmm. that it was not going to be necessarily done with fidelity in all cases. And so one of the things that excites me um, about being in this role that I serve in currently is that we have the opportunity to make sure that it's done right and with fidelity and that it's honoring the complexity of our work. And so, um, yeah, I've had a large uh, affinity for this for a long time. And so I think it's fun. Funny how you kind of couched the worst kept secret. <laughs> it definitely wasn't the first thing that we needed to do, but uh, as we started talking within our team, it became clear that this was something that was would serve as a foundational backdrop to a lot of the future things that we're going to talk about and do, and and also. I think most importantly, it's a really important way to change the culture in the district in in a positive way. Okay, so as superintendent with a vision for how you'd like to see the district operate, how does the 5D framework fit into that vision? Yeah, so I really do have a vision from uh, the standpoint of our organization that we will prioritize learning. Uh, and, and that sounds cliche because, of course, that's what we do. We, we teach children, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I really mean for the staff, and I mean all across the board. Um, I had the privilege of meeting with a lot of our new teachers and administrators that we were you know, hiring this year. We did a lot of hiring this mm-hmm. year. And... Um, I really ask one question, I ask several questions, but one of the questions I should say that I ask is, um, tell me about a time where you were able to reflect on your practice and make adjustments. And being a reflective educator is super important, but also equally important is that we have a district culture where learning professionally is paramount. And so, 
a part of that vision is being able to talk about the most important work that we do, which is teaching children. Mm-hmm. And and if we can't talk about that meaningfully uh, in, in really sincere ways that help the administrators, teachers, coaches, all of the people that are involved in, the, in this professional work together, if we can't talk about it in ways that help us grow together, then um, we really are going to have a hard time getting to a place that can honestly say, you know, we value and have a vision for a culture where learning is the priority because, you know, we can talk all the day long about strategies with kids and all of that kind of stuff. But as adults, we have to constantly be reforming our craft. And the way that we do that is we talk about the things that we're seeing. We get some actual data, some information about what we're actually doing. And we do that in a place that's not isolated and siloed. I think our profession has become such that people work independently in their rooms and very few people ever see the incredible things that are going on. Um, And while some people may like it that way, uh, it actually creates a problem from the standpoint of growing the collective efficacy of of an entire district, right? And so I think what this provides us is an opportunity to get serious about, we don't care about evaluating you. (laughs) This is like the last thing that we're concerned about. Mm -hmm. But what we do care about is that when we come in and we talk about how, how are your conversations around instruction going? that people are starting to realize, wow, that that has changed and shifted for me. Now I'm actually having those discussions. And this week, um, the administrators are really going to start launching into those observation cycles and teachers are going to start getting feedback. And there's going to be probably a, uh, I would say, surge of feedback that's going to be coming over the next few weeks. And I, and I'm very interested to see, I don't expect our administrators to be perfect at this. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of us are kind of learning together, but again, that's kind of the point is that we would just prioritize these conversations because this is how people get better in any kind of professional task. And you think about any other complex work, they, they talk about the things that they're doing, their practices and how they could ultimately make them better. Okay. But I think in education, it's become much more personal. And I think one of the things that has not helped that are these, um, you know, evaluation systems that, you know, seek to try and put people into, uh, you know, a category Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's been a lot of fear. And unfortunately, because I don't think that the public has supported our teachers over the past couple decades, maybe the past decade, especially as much as they should, um, that only just kind of continues to propagate that concern. So I'm really excited about this work, mainly for the way that it will change the way we view our profession and the way that we view our work in a sense that we want to talk and get better and that we are constantly moving forward and improving our practices in the best way that we can. So when I think about my career, I've been teaching for, this is year 24, and I have had lots of different evaluation systems and we've We've looked at some different ways of doing that and some different philosophies. And this is a framework with with some things that are very similar to mm-hmm. previous ones, some things that are different. But I do think that in my career, I have had like six to 10 teachers who I have bounced ideas off of. They've bounced ideas off of me. We have worked together on getting better. And if you are somebody that is lucky enough to have that kind of a, mm-hmm. of a peer group, then you can grow. Mm. And it sounds to me from what you're talking like, maybe this is a way of systematically doing that 
so that we can have these conversations and everybody gets to have them. Yeah, it, you you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's having that exact same experience that you described at scale, mm-hmm. so that that is the norm for people. That we talk about our work, that we talk about our practice, we share what we're doing, um, and we're excited to try new things. Right? Like we want to be a district that strives for ingenuity and you know new thinking and mm-hmm. being innovative and. Um, we can learn so much together and I think we have so much collective expertise in the district, but we have to create a culture and foster a culture where it's okay to take risks. It's okay to talk about those things and the administrators in the building and the coaches in the building and anyone that's designed to support instruction, whether they're an uh, an interventionist or a, um, you know, a special education teacher that's doing push in work. We're all kind of constantly thinking about our craft and problems problem solving and trying things. And, and that is going to lead to tremendous results because I will tell you, it's exceedingly rare in our profession to have that. And while like you were describing, I think some people have that in pockets. We want to see that be the case for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this first year, obviously there's going to be a lot of learning a learning about the system and about how it works. I know we're even going to take it a little slowly at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, we have admins coming in, it sounds like mm-hmm. pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, maybe in the short term, what should, be, what should we be expecting as far as administrators go? And then long term, when we're really humming with this, what should that look like? Yeah. So one elephant in the room is that, um, we're, you know, being the top district in the state, I think Novi has this perspective. It's an it's an unspoken perspective that um, everything we do is going to be perfect. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's really an impossible uh, yeah. benchmark to hit. And so our administrators are nervous because they want to like. Yeah. The, everything to fall into place and be just perfect. Mm-hmm. And in their defense, you know, I'm sure the first time that, you know, they falter or they don't do, you know, they'll get called on it, you know, by <laughs> somebody. And I think it's okay. And so I just, my message to them was, that, hey, just go and start, right? Mm-hmm. Just start. And and they're excited about that and they're excited to grow. Um, but this is going to be a team game, right? Like this is not uh, them coming in to say something or to tell you something. In fact, um, our entire district office, uh, myself, uh, most of the cab our instructional people in central office, the instructional coaches, all of us have people that we're going to be working with this year. I actually have three people in the high school that I okay. get to, to work with in the same capacity. But the idea is um, you're going to have somebody come in. Okay. They're going to observe. They're going to be there for probably about a half an hour. Um, for During that time, they're going to be uh, doing what we call scripting, which is simply evidence collection. Mm-hmm. They're not there to judge any practice whatsoever. And that's a big difference from what people have been accustomed to. So you mentioned the framework, and I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, the framework being similar to some other things. And that's because this framework is really a culmination of research. And so there's a lot of good research that other frameworks have been built upon right. as too, as well, right? But the difference here is going to be this process where we're gathering data and information. We are not there to judge practice. It's not our place to, uh, you know, say, oh, you were doing this well and it was at this level. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the purpose. The purpose is really to just collect evidence. This is what I saw kids doing, what I saw the teacher doing, what I saw the kids saying, and uh, what the environment was like. So they're going to gather this data. 
Then what they're going to do is they're going to take those chunks of data and they're going to organize them according to what the indicators in the framework are, right? So, or in okay. the rubric are. So um, if I walk into a room, I might, you know, collect evidence that says the students are sitting in rows, um, they're reading a bell ringer or a bell work assignment, and the, the learning target is on the board, right? So with that piece of evidence, I'm going to say, well, that's going to be, you know, P4. That's a aligned to the learning target. That's also describing the arrangement of the room. So that's classroom environment and culture, the first indicator, CEC1. So they're going to be putting these codes on, right? Okay. Then what's going to happen is they're going to look at the totality of the time that they were in that classroom and they're going to generate authentic. And this is a key part is that it's a genuine inquiry-based question. Like, what is it that I saw that or, or, or maybe I didn't see that I'm interested in learning more about. Okay. Right? So I might be in your room yeah. and I might see you talking to a group of kids and you know, they give you this answer that it kind of insinuates that there was something more that you had taught them previously. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go through a process called noticing and wondering, which is really where I'm going to say, hey, Brian, um, I notice, and I'm going to reference the evidence. Okay. I noticed that the student said this to you did you do something yesterday during the lesson or in right. a previous lesson that kind of prepped them for what they were going to see today? And that's the invitation at that point for the teacher to come into the process. So you're going to get as a teacher the script, you're going to get the codes, and you're going to get those questions okay. that they're really asking from a genuine place of inquiry. And those typically are going to be related to the teacher's areas of focus, which two of them were selected this year. And I know we kind of had that conversation, but everybody's got three things that they're kind of working on. And hopefully right. those noticing and wonderings are going to be tied to that. So then the teacher is going to get a little email and it's going to say, oh, you had an observation, right? And <laughs> you, you go in there and you see the, the evidence that they collected. You see those codes, you see those questions. And then that's that opportunity for the teacher to really be invited in and say, okay, here was what was happening there. So you're answering kind of those questions and you're providing what other, whatever context you want to put on there. After I, as the uh, observer, get that response, mm -hmm. now I am for the first time able to give feedback. Okay. And feedback is really describing the things and the practices that I was really impressed with and that, you know, we want to just highlight to celebrate and say, hey, that was really cool. Um, and then also hopefully a, an opportunity to provide a couple next steps. And so um, you can't give genuine feedback if the teacher's not a part of it, because th the things that are happening that are unseen are mm -hmm. as important as the things that are seen in many cases. And so that's why this process is different. And I think it fosters much more of a co-learning partnership than okay. me coming in and judging. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if an admin were to come in and they see what you're doing and it's only in the context of those 30 minutes mm -hmm. and then they provide feedback and then you're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mm -hmm. did that earlier or I was doing that the next day or I did that and if they had waited five more minutes, I had done that or something. Correct. You know, so this gives an opportunity to provide some of that context. Sure. All right, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the five five D mm -hmm. refers to five dimensions. Yep. Of um, and it's a framework. So their purpose, student engagement, curriculum and pedagogy, uh, assessment for student learning, and classroom environment and culture. I was wondering if we could take 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 those one at a time and just discuss maybe like one thing with each dimension that stands out to you. Yeah. So um, I mean, we can start with purpose. Purpose is really about why are you doing what you're doing, and do kids know? 
what that thing is. Okay. And I think sometimes um, we know what we're doing, but if the kids are not a part of that, mm-hmm. then there's a ton of research that talks about their drive and motivation and so on and so forth. So purpose is really about being transparent with what you're doing and that um, the kids are able to understand what that is and participate in the process. Um, I think student engagement is really around uh, who is owning the learning, right? Like, do the students have agency and ownership in this process, or is this a situation where you're getting a lot of compliance but we all know if you read Robin Jackson's book about who's working harder, you know, you or your students. I mean, the book is actually titled Never Work Harder Than Your Students. Right, but absolutely. the idea is in, when students are engaged, they are actually driving a lot of what's going on in the classroom. Um, if you talk about assessment for student learning, this is really about that formative assessment process. How do we know where our kids are at at any given point of time? And that doesn't mean I can tell you the percentage by pulling up the Power School grade book. Right. It really is, um, I know where my kids are at and I know what adjustments I need to make as a result of knowing that information. And that's, mm-hmm. that's that whole assessment for student learning. And then um, curriculum and pedagogy is getting into some more of the traditional things. A lot of secondary teachers really love that okay. particular one because it's like, uh, this is my content right. and do I know my content and do I know the right order in which I'm supposed to teach the content, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and so when, when you get into that, you know, that, that tends to be one that the secondary teachers love. And then the elementary teachers tend to really love uh, classroom environment and culture, which is really about how do I create that community in my classroom, mm-hmm. right? How do I create that space where, um, you know, everybody is involved. And I, and I say those things as stereotypes. We have secondary teachers and elementary teachers that are great at both of those, sure. you know, dimensions. It's just uh, that classroom environment and culture is really about creating a space that's inclusive, that's uh, a space that people want to learn, and, um, you know, th- that the environment is conducive for learning, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So for educators new to the 5D framework, are there any areas within these five dimensions that you think will potentially be, like, significant shifts in thinking or practice? I mean, I think there will be, as we do our professional development sessions this year, part of our goal was, and I and I really appreciate the teaching and learning department, they're organizing some really solid professional development, but a lot of it is in an effort to try and cure, uh, clear up some of these misconceptions. So you might hear, you know, some different wording or phrases that are used within the five dimensions framework, but a lot of this research is timeless. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the things that are represented in this framework are things that many of our teachers have been doing for a very long time. So I really don't think this is going to be a huge leap for most of our staff. Mm -hmm. It's more just a calibration and giving us an opportunity to have a tool that when we get to this space that I talked about earlier, where we're all really kind of talking about instruction and communicating, we're doing it with kind of the similar set of rules versus, you know, I mean, our educational landscape is vast with things. I mean, look at the debate on reading right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. So it's using this this framework of really solid research to say, these are the things we know are really great about instruction, and, and so let's expand on those things. So I don't think this is going to be a very big leap for people. I think the biggest shift for them is going to be how this feedback will be able to translate into them reflecting on their work and making adjustments. Yeah, okay, I understand. And I think about... Um, or I appreciate with this framework as I think about purpose. So yes, the, this, you, you do want the students to know like, why are we learning this mm-hmm. and what we're learning? And I, 
and student engagement. Of course, I want to increase student engagement. I want to know what my curriculum is. I want to know how best to teach it. I want to. I, I want to be have a good system of of uh, formative assessment mm-hmm. so that I know where my students are at and then I can adjust. Mm-hmm. And I want to build a culture in my classroom where towards learning and that's positive. So if I can just use this framework to try and get better at those five things, then this sounds sounds beautiful. It's yeah. it's it's supposed to make it a much more simplified version, even though when you get into it, it's exceptionally complex. Right. Um, but it really, there are a number of things that I think are going to feel comfortable for a lot of our staff. Okay. And I can even see in some of the conversations I'm having with teachers and administrators alike, that there are a lot of things that are like, yeah, this makes total sense. And I, and I love that, but I will say there's a huge emphasis on authenticity. It's okay. not, it's not just going through the motions of checking off a box that I posted a learning target in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, right? but if that's as far as we get in terms of purposeful instruction, we're missing the mark, right? Yeah. So um, there's a there's an opportunity here to really talk about what does that mean when kids genuinely know what they're learning and how they can take that journey with the teacher versus them being on two separate boats, Okay. right? So this year we had three focus areas. What is the district plan moving forward, like in years to come? Yeah. So great question. Um, A lot of the thing for this year was to really have a good implementation. We really thought about implementation science and we know that, you know, if you do everything at once and try and bite off too much, you know, if people don't have success with it, it can be a challenge to, you know, really generate a lot of positivity towards it. So we really kind of shrunk the number of indicators people were going to be using. We tried to make it simple by saying, okay, everybody's going to do these two and then you can pick one. In a in a pure model, mm-hmm. moving forward, uh, teachers will have a lot of autonomy to pick their areas of focus in years moving forward, and okay. then you'll have access to the whole framework, right? So you'd say, well, there's 30 classroom-based indicators. As a person who, you know, you'll be, you've been in your, you know, mid 20th year teaching, you're going to say, hey, um, I'm really interested in exploring these couple things this year, and and the intention is to keep the the number of things that somebody's truly focusing on to between three and five. We okay. don't want to have somebody say, I'm going to work on all 30 of them. Well, yes, you will be. But if you're really focused on something, yeah. then, you know, when that number gets beyond three to five things, it makes it pretty tough. So, okay. um, so moving forward, we absolutely will have a lot of opportunity for teachers to say, these are the things I want to work on. And, you know, sometimes for newer teachers, it's going to be a different situation. Or you might have a teacher who's had a year where they've struggled a little bit where it's like, okay, as you're, um, person that's kind of co-learning with you, I'm going to suggest that we do these couple things. Mm-hmm. And now you pick another couple things that you want to work on. But I think we really need to focus over here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, you get a new teacher and they're like, I can do it all, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, we want you to be successful. Yeah. So let's kind of shrink that down a little bit. So um, there's going to be a lot more, I think, autonomy in future years for people to pick those things. And then also, of course, for uh, more of the framework to be opened up. But this year was really about making sure, you you know, we had success and that we got the process down well. And I think when that process is down, there's going to be this natural evolution of people saying, I really want those other things. I want to talk about okay. those other things because I know they're present and I want to get feedback around those things and talk about them more. So in the future, 
when a teacher selects three to five things mm-hmm. and when the admin comes in, is are those the things then that they, they, they take their observations regardless of what it is, but when they then take those observations, they then relate it to those three to five things. Is that how that works? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. The purpose is you and I are co-learning together. So if you say to me, Ben, these are the three things I really want to, that I'm working on this mm-hmm. year. And I've got these questions that I'm asking myself as I'm planning and preparing then my job there is not to tell you the things I think you need to work on. My job is to say, well, if these are the things that Brian's really trying to grow in, then these are the things I want to try and give him as the best feedback that I can possibly come up with. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the role that I take as kind of a co-learner. The cool thing about this is, is that it doesn't have to be just administrators. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to see, and I know the district has a precedence in the past where teachers would go in and observe other teachers. I would like this to be such a desirable thing for people to get feedback and go through this process that they they do this and reciprocate with other teachers mm-hmm. and it creates this culture where you know me coming in and doing it a principal doing it you doing it, it's we're all just a team and we're talking about our work and our craft mm-hmm. and so it becomes this kind of beautiful collaborative inquiry based tool and uh, when i give you feedback it's on the things that you're asking about for feedback not the things that i'm coming in and saying these are the things right. you're going to get okay so I feel like I have a good idea of what this is going to look like and where the district is going. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Or is there anything I should have asked but didn't? I mean, I, I appreciate that uh, opportunity. Very thoughtful, prepared questions. I will just say um, learning in any form is messy, right? And so, you know, there are going to be, uh, you know, perhaps uh, an observation that, you know, I'm, I wasn't able to capture everything that maybe happened. We are not stenographers, right? We're not sitting there capturing every word and right. and all of those things. Um, so to just give grace both ways, like okay. this is really a, an opportunity for us to hopefully teachers will hear the intention of what we're trying to do, because if we do this well, it will definitely shift the culture to one of collaboration instead of, and and I know that our district has a history of rich, rich collaboration, but I do feel like in the past five to 10 years, Nova is not immune to the public education uh, as a field being, uh, you know, a a little bit more um, maligned. And as a result of that, I think we've seen, unfortunately, uh, those collaborative processes, those desires to share um, the, 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 the efficacy of each individual educator kind of going down a little bit. And as a result of that, um, we need to do something to shore that up. We want to bring that back. We want to bring uh, an environment that's going to create that system. So I would say in our efforts and our endeavors to do that, just know that it's going to be a little bit clunky along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's by design and it's beautiful and we should just embrace that. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Ben Minka, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Thriving Educators. I want to thank Superintendent Ben Minka for sharing his thoughts on the 5D framework with us. I now have a better idea of why the district is making the shift, and I hope you do too. Take care, everyone.